Final hour of the People Show. Vic Nazar, Randy Bajanda, Dominic Shermati, and you, the people, always texting in 650-650, the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. This hour of the People Show brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Sign up for inventory alerts and you'll be the first to know when new equipment is available in store at the closest Kubota dealer to the lower mainland. DouglasLakeEquipment.com I've been this music. Yeah, I don't know where Dom got this playlist, but he's uh, he's been on a roll since coming back from Vegas. Did you like... I always try to keep the music upbeat when yeah. I op. Did, Did you like hit up Shazam while you were in the clubs? Like what was going on? <laughs> well, no, a popular This is all in... royalty free, by the way. Really? Yeah. Uh, a popular thing in Vegas uh, is, is the people like handing things out on the street. Oh, yeah. I, uh, a lot of different venues they hand out promotions yeah. for. But I, every time I've been there, someone's like handing out their CD. Yep. And they're like, hey, I'll give you the CD for free. But like, please just like go listen to it. You don't have to pay for it. So yeah. I thought maybe Dom like got some CDs from people and he's like spitting that stuff. He's acting like he's a mu- music exec. <laughs> hey, I your demo. A producer. I work for uh, Death Row Records. I did go to one uh, speakeasy called On the Record. And okay. there was a- In uh, Vegas? In Vegas. And uh, there was a DJ there playing uh, classic hits in one of the rooms. And she had her barcode on, on her laptop. Smart. Okay. And I scanned it and I took it to her Apple Music page. And she had like clever bangers. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is nice. They find talent in Vegas. Yeah. They know how to do it up. All right. But uh, I don't know. He, he's come back motivated with a new yeah. playlist altogether. This is, uh, this is elite stuff from Dawn. Uh, we, we got some comments earlier about it too. Just like, hey, the, the music on the people's show, crushing it. People just vibing as they, you know, coming back from the break. We are too. We're like we. It's not like dark and dreary, aggressive rap beats. They're like just upbeat, kind of what you want to feel like on a Wednesday. Bring a smile to your face. That's our goal every day uh, here on the People's Show. Six fifty, six fifty. You can always be part of the conversation. I will connect with Irfan Gafar in just a second. Are you dreading this? Talk to a Man United. Yeah. Hey, I'm. I'm ready. I, There's already two Man United fans already on the show. Bring in a third. Why don't we bring in a fourth and a fifth while we're at it too? I think. I, I think Earth's got a bone to pick with me as well. Okay. Uh, about the Seahawks. Okay. Because they're uh, on Monday night going to be wearing action green, and I'm pro action green. Okay. So there's I, I a beef think, between you guys on. I, I think Earth's a big action green hater as well. So we'll, we'll touch on other things other than just the Canucks, but plenty uh, to get into with Earth Gafar who joins us now. I have a feeling I know what he's going to start with though. Earth, <laughs> what's going on? Are your Miami Dolphins going to do anything against New England or what? <laughs> we'll start there. Wow, you started there instead of Arsenal, man. You, wow. It does. I mean, we'll work our way there. I, hey, I think they'll win this week. I think they'll, I'll think, they're not going to screw it up at the beginning. Last I saw, three and a half point favorites. I don't know if I'm uh, trusting that one. Yeah, neither am I. Taking fading away far from that. We're okay. going Mike Jones all day, buddy. R- rookie head coach. Jones. First head coach. And I, I really like Mike McDaniel, but like, Nearly a four-point favorite versus Bill Belichick? I don't know. Yeah, that's that one's tough. Almost as tough as the Arsenal lost to United on the weekend. <laughs> that one was rougher. Uh, okay, how did you take it? And I know Bick was texting with me back and forth, especially mm-hmm. early on in that match when VAR and all those decisions. How did you Made enjoy the, the win? decision? Yeah, I think you know, 100%. And I also think that you know the folks from uh, North London need to be humbled a little bit. 
I'm we glad were that happy. we were able to do it. Okay, hey, that we were able to do it. Congratulations to Man U. Solid win. You guys got the job done. Anthony looks like a good player. Well, the... when you're paying that much money for these type of players, you got to expect the saying. performance that you had out all of them. I, all I was going to say was, though, still top of the league, man. Yeah, we're top yeah. of the league still. I, I'm still I'm still confident. Just, you know, Old Trafford just isn't Craven Cottage. It isn't Bournemouth. It isn't Fulham. It isn't Leicester's at the bottom of the table. It is. It was just a different class of opponent. Still confident. It, top of the league. True. At least, it could be worse. You could lose to Napoli today 4-1 and be Liverpool. Oof. Okay. And then and and then get really happy about beating someone 9 nothing in the Prem. We're going to get into this a bit uh, on the other side after we talk to you. Just talk Champions League recap and a Chelsea made a move today too. It feels like there's this swell of like, oh, Klopp out movement maybe for some Liverpool fans. And I think that's ludicrous. Look, I, root, I, I can root for their demise because they're big rivals, but... Like when you find elite level coaches, uh, for me it's just like just hang on to those guys. Yeah, well that's that's the exact thing, right? I mean, look, there's no way Liverpool had its rise to relevance again if it wasn't for him. I mean, obviously you have the success of some of the players that they got and they acquired, but without Klopp and you know him being able to do what he did with those players, you probably don't have a prem title. You're probably not doing as well as he did in the Champions League, right? You don't have that success. So, like you just mentioned, if if you have the guys that are there you definitely hold on to them. I mean, that's why now everyone's saying in Chelsea that, you know, Jose Mourinho's got to be the guy. Because he, he was one of them at, at some point. That's wild. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. The Chelsea thing is kind of crazy, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I, for one, don't mind whatever's going on at Chelsea right now because that means uh, there might oh, be a course. little bit more room for Manchester United, Arsenal, whoever the clubs are. Uh, okay, culture setters. You talked about Jurgen Klopp. JT Miller, culture setter for wow. the Vancouver Canucks a couple of years. Am I, am I right? A decent transition? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think it's I think it's slowly starting to change the culture. I think that starts from, you know, what what management's vision of the team is right now, and and what they view it as, and you know, they they really do believe in JT Miller and what he has to offer and what his teammates think of him as well. I think it speaks volumes, and it obviously does because they signed him to a fifty-six million dollar contract, so. He's a guy that we've said it before, you know, he, he'll call you out if you're playing well and he'll pat you on the back or he'll call you out if you're not playing well and he'll, and he'll pat you on the back if you are. He, he's just that type of guy. But I think the biggest thing is just listening to him yesterday. Uh, I think that, you know, he's a guy that really wanted or, or wants to be here. Um, he's a guy that believes in this group, which is big as well. And I think that, you know, when you really come down to look at it, you know, the first four years of J.T. Miller's contract, obviously that's what you're committing to. You also got four years left of Demko. You got five years, you know, uh, of Quinn Hughes under contract. Elias Pettersson is going to get his bag here in the next couple of years, right? And then see what happens with Bo Horvath, and you obviously have Brock as well um, under contract for the next few years. So they have that core. The window's there. Let's see what they do with it. We've kind of had this conversation of if they extend everyone, including Horvat as well, like this is the group, obviously. Now, you can play that out a little bit, and but at the same time, you kind of mentioned a couple of names. So, like, Brock Besser, okay, it's three years. If you wanted to go find a way to improve the defense, I, I still feel like there are mechanisms you can pull to try to continue to alter the defense. Well, I think that that's the biggest thing. We've talked about that for, ad nauseum for the last three years, is that the Canucks need to improve their defense. Need someone to play with Quinn Hughes. Right. And look, OEL right now is probably their second best defenseman after Hughes. And then you look beyond that. Okay. We'll see what happens with Tyler Myers. You hope he has a little bit of a better season. And then, um, 
obviously with with uh, Dermot and and all these other players that 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 the Canucks have, it's evident that they still need someone else. You, you still need depth. Guys are going to get hurt, and you know Brad Hunt was a really really nice story last season, but you need more guys, you know, that have a little bit more skill and a little bit more you know pizzazz than than a guy like Brad Hunt. Well, you, you came with the update about last month about Calvin DeHaan and engaging in at least conversation yeah. with that defenseman in his camp. Any update on that front? Are they still in the running? Is there still interest? No, uh, no update yet. I, I definitely do think that there's still interest. And I think it's more term for DeHaan, right? He's on the north side of 30. He probably wants some security. And, and I think that the Canucks are probably looking for a one-year um, deal, probably maybe a million or, or just over a million bucks for a guy like him. But, you know, if I'm DeHaan, there, there might be some options somewhere. Um, down the road, especially as we get you know closer to training camp and teams are starting to sign guys to PTOs and, and, and things of that nature. So we'll see what happens here. But you know, there, there's opportunity for some of the young guys on the Canucks lineup as well. And I think that you know, with opportunity becomes competition, and that's something that you know Patrick Alvin, Jim Rutherford, and Bruce Boudreaux are going to be really looking forward to heading into camp. Could there be any other PTO guys that you maybe keeping an eye on here? I don't know. You know, I, I, I really don't know what they're going to do. I think their forward group. It's pretty solid. Um, probably on paper right now, near the top of the Pacific Division with the guys that they have, you know, without having played a game yet. But like I said, you know, they, they still have to, you know, make the money work when it's all said and done and when they play their first game. So you're going to look and see if, what happens if and when they get a contract done for their captain here in the next little bit. But beyond that, um, they're, this, this really is their team right now. Irfan, hour one of the show, we were talking about things that we'd like to see at training camp. We don't know if they make it to the games, but some experiments maybe on the back end. And one of the things that I want to see, we haven't necessarily seen it all that consistently, is Quinn Hughes being played on the right-hand side, just to see how it looks and how that fit would be. Because clearly the Canucks are missing something of impact on the right-hand side. Would you want to see that at least experimented here with Quinn Hughes? He's a dynamic player. He's got you know the great skating. We know his hockey IQ is through the roof. Is that something the Canucks should be exploring this year? You want to see Quinn Hughes play on the right side? Is that what you said? Yep. You want the best defenseman that they have to play on his wrong side. He's got skill. If if you're trying to... I, I don't think that's what they're going to do. You don't think I, so? I, I really don't. No, I, I get where you're coming from, where you have to experiment and try and improve it. But I think right now, with your best defenseman, you're probably leaving him at the place he's most at going to have his most success. Now, if you're going to if you're going to try and put other guys on the other side that have played that position in the past and can prove that can play both, both sides. Yes, sure. No problem. But for me, and you know, he's your most expensive, one of your most expensive defensemen, you know, he's a guy that is going to play in his position. I, 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 I it would shock me if they did that. And the reasoning behind that is more of a, all right, do you load up on one defensive pairing just to see how an OEL and Hughes would look just to yeah. experiment in the, in the training camp. Uh, and just to see what it's like. If I had to bet on anybody making that transition a little bit easier, it would probably be the guy who's the most skilled player on that back end. That's the reasoning behind it. I agree. It's, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree with the reasoning behind it. I just don't think that they're going to do it. I, I think that when you have a guy with his caliber, yes, I agree with them on how much skill that he has, but I don't think they're going to move him from a place that you know he's most comfortable and going to have his most success. Is there an experiment you want to see on the blue line? Because we talk so much about the forward group, and we always explore upside with the forward group, and it seems like we choose safety when it comes to defense. And I think the break glass in case of emergency safe scenario is, all right, let's just go back to Shannon Hughes and, oh, yeah, with either Myers or Pullman, and, and, and that's just what it'll look like. And that might play out by game eight, by game 14 or something like that. But is there an upside version of 
pairing with Quinn Hughes that you look at and say, oh, I want to see this guy with Quinn? Well, I think the interesting thing you know, we all have to look at is the health of Tucker Pullman as well. What type of health is, what's his status as we head into training camp and as we get closer and closer here to, to training camp, right? It's, is he going to start the season uh, at training camp? Is he going to be able to go on the ice? So we'll have to wait and see there. And then beyond that, they have to make some decisions, right? You have Kyle Burroughs. You've got guys like Luke Shen. But you know, just looking at that defense right now, like, you have to improve it, right? I mean, other than Quinn Hughes and OEL and Myers and Dermott, like Shen and Burroughs, hey, I still think that there needs to be some depth there. Like, guys are going to get hurt. This is a long season. Um, it, it, it definitely is a grind. So you definitely have to improve. Now, like we've talked about before, they're going to have to get creative and do it, right? Whether that's via trade or you see something happen in that avenue. But it definitely the defense is now – the next order of business. I mean, obviously, see what happens with Bo Horvat as well, too. Yeah, if you don't change anything on the defense and you bring back the same guys that we're talking about, then I start looking at the pressure on Mike Yo and Trent Cole because then you're essentially saying, all right, we're going to change the system anyways. We need to improve some things, but we're bringing back the exact same guys. You're new to the job. This is going to be for you to figure out without any changes. Then your focus changes on the coaching and how can you coach these guys up? Yeah, I mean, look, you, how many times are guys like Guillaume Brisebaugh and Noah Juleson and, and guys like that going to come up and down into the lineup? Yes, they've, they've had, you know, decent stints in the NHL, a few of them, but you, you're at a position now where, like I mentioned, the window's there in the next, you know, few years for this team to at least make the playoffs and then maybe contend in the next year or year after that. So you're going to want guys that can play. You're going to want guys that can play heavy minutes, night in and night out. I don't care if it's on the first pair or the last pair, but you need guys to make an impact. And I think that that's the biggest thing. And when you look at the defense of this team, yeah, they're, other, than the, other than the top two, maybe three, are there, guys that can, are there guys on that defense right now that can make an impact every night? Talking to Urfan Gafara, Canucks Insider. You mentioned the, the Horvat uh, contract as well. Um, we were kind of pitching earlier in the show does it, it doesn't feel like this needs to be resolved before training camp. It very much felt like that way with the Miller stuff, but does this one need to be resolved before training camp, or can you see this one uh, bleeding into the regular season or even closer to the trade deadline? I mean, you'd want it. I think both sides want it to be resolved before training camp. I just think it's an added distraction when you go into a camp with your captain in the final year of his deal, right? So... I, I know both sides are talking. Um, they want to get something to work, but it's, it, it's, it's term and number. And that, that's what it comes down to, right? And, you know, Bull Horvat seeing what guys like, you know, JT Miller are getting and, and other guys that you can compare him to are getting. And, and you know, he, he's a guy that has 31 goals last season. You know, we, we talk about 30 goal scores and how much they get paid all the time. Bull Horvat's in for a pretty big pay raise, right? Um, so I would think that they want to get it done before training camp. But once training camp starts, I think the regular season would like the regular, the first game of the regular season. I think that's somewhere where they have circled and say, okay, let's, let's try and figure out and make this work. Uh, Earth, we appreciate it. Uh, break out that action green for Monday, pal. Dude, it's the worst go- Jersey of all time. It's, it's tremendous. I don't know what you're like so worried about. So you like the United green Jersey? No, but that's because it's, it's like no, it's it's the same thing. But they're they're meant they're literally like the Red Devils. They've historically always worn red. Like it's not a big departure from that Seahawks what colors is, to just add Seahawks an action ever, green. What have the Seahawks ever wore green other than a trim? So it's an extension. It's an accent of that. That's all Dude, it is. You're wrong. This is a terrible take. 
It's it's literally hey, on their jerseys. On how how much are the Seahawks going to lose by on Monday though? Uh, I, I think a lot less than people realize. And I, I, aren't they like 18-1 and one in Action Green or something like that? I, I think they're like undefeated in Action Green. Yeah, Russell Wilson had a lot <laughs> to do played, with that. They've played 19 times in that tournament. I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's like one loss in Action Green. So it's like I'm pro-Action Green. You know what the real All question right. here is? How many? What's uh, Geno Smith's record in that uniform is the key? <laughs> oh, That's God. Fair. That's fair. All right, I, boys. So, well, enjoy the football season. Absolutely. That's uh, Irfan Gafar. Canucks Insider joining us here. The spread in that game. Six and a half points, by the way. Yeah, they're going to get uh, two touchdown loss. Torched. Yeah. Action Green is awful. It's awesome. I think people like it because it's so different. But if you actually just look at the uniform, I'm with Earth on this. It's pretty ugly. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. <laughs> Kids love it. Buy it for your children. It's a great jersey. Buy it for your children. Yeah, some things are great for kids and nobody else. Do you guys remember when Reebok was still the, the sponsor and the Seahawks had that green, white, and blue jersey? The numbers were white. They had like an action green base color, and then the sleeves were like navy blue. Mm. This, are we calling this? Recently? Uh, within the last decade or so. I can't really recall that one. No? Recall this okay, well, oh, you know what? I'm actually looking at it right now. That's that's not great either. It's just not a good look. No, for... the numbers are white. The sleeves are blue, like you mentioned. Yeah. And the oh, action green those enough. ones. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, like, yeah. that's like a U11 soccer team uniform, that, man. Yeah, that is awful. But that's because like they're, they're they're trying too much in this one. But action green isn't. Well, th- this is like four different colors all in one here. Three. It's 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 too much. Just the action green it. one is fine. It's, it's it's overkill. Yeah, I'm I'm not. It's overkill. Green well, is my favorite color. It's, it's literally like the color rush uniforms. That's what they're trying to do. I understand. And this that. one is survived outside of that template of color rush. Green that is my favorite great. color, but that color that shade. Green's your favorite color? Yeah, because of. Guy. Yeah, man. Money, money, money. Exactly. Ted DiBiase style. <laughs> uh, all right. 650, 650. A lot of good texts coming in to the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, some early ones for don't at me. Get those submissions in. We do it every day here on the People Show. Your chance to come in with a, a take you've been storing up. Drop it into the inbox now. Don't at me. Your takes uninterrupted. Don't at me. Text in your submissions to 650-650. Brought to you by Lease Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease with ease, confidence, and a Lease Busters leasing specialist to guide you through the journey. Go to leasebusters.com to start the process today. Don't at me. The Vancouver Canucks have been dissed on the US TV schedule. What happened to all the hype of Bruce There It Is and Bruce Boudreaux? All the star power up front, goals galore. ESPN, zero games for the Vancouver Canucks. Turner, two games. Diss. The draw, okay, what's the, other than Bruce, for a U.S. audience, what's the draw for Vancouver? I'm not adding you, but like from a U.S. audience. Leas Patterson, JT Miller, Brock Besser, goals, man. They're getting 12 games of Vegas Golden Knights instead on national. TV. That's a lot. That's, we have no idea if the Vegas Golden Knights are going to the playoffs. I get it. We have it. no idea if Mark Stone's going to be healthy for the whole season. The U.S. doesn't care, Vic. I'm not adding you, but I'm just stating the obvious. They got okay. two games on TNT, December 14th at Calgary. Okay. And uh, March 8th, Trevor Zegers coming to town uh, versus the Anaheim Ducks. I don't understand when they put two Canadian teams on American national TV. I don't. Yeah, I don't get that either. That's fair. It's like any other team other than Calgary would probably, hey, Minnesota. People tune in in Minnesota. At least you're getting, you're getting that. Right? Okay, I got one here. This one goes out to our listener that 
loves when we talk EPL. Uh, just been hitting up our text inbox for the last 10 minutes saying, oh, I love it. I love that EPL talk. You know who you are. Don't at me. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is regretting his move to Chelsea. He moved there from Barcelona because it reunited with him him with his manager, Thomas Tuchel. They, they spent great years in Borussia Dortmund over two years. I think he scored almost 80 goals. Mm-hmm. He said he was ready to achieve something big with Tuchel at Chelsea. Well, this morning, Chelsea fired Thomas Tuchel. Aubameyang's reunion with Tuchel lasted 59 minutes of actual playing time. He played 59 minutes in the last match, and that's it. Tuchel is gone. Club killer. Woo! Club killer. <laughs> Aubameyang, he totally's a club killer. 59 minutes, it's like... 59 minutes! It's crumbled upon Not itself. Not even a full hour, guys. 59 minutes. Man. That's rough. That's rough. We'll get into it on the other side with Tuchel as well. Uh, Sat was... Uh, I, I couldn't tell if Sai was relieved or if he was unnerved. About he that. had a wave of emotions. Yeah. It, it was a range. Yeah. He got it, and at the same time, I was like, ah, oh, better make a good hire. We'll see. It's it's Chelsea. You never know. We got this one from Donkey. Don't at me. The blocking the plate rule in the MLB needs to be addressed, referring to the Jays game last night. So Alejandro Kirk apparently was blocking the plate, even though like there's a lot of movement. In this play, where he was in the way originally, got out of the way, and then he went back. And they still said he was blocking the plate at one point, even though even though he'd reset a couple of times. It makes no sense. And I, I do wonder, and this is not the first time that this rule has been brought up. The Jays are actually on the receiving end of something that Gary Sanchez did earlier, about a month ago. I'll tell you one thing. MLB needs to figure out what the actual rule is before the playoffs start. Because the last thing you want is people like us coming on air the next day after a huge mistake has been made in a game or a controversial play that nobody understands what is actually happening. Like, the clock is ticking. It's September 7th. The MLB has never made Had, rash decisions like that. Yeah, they're not a, never ahead of the curve. <laughs> uh, donkey. I especially wanted to read this one because I had to Google the word. Don't at me. Ferrari could have done better with their 75th anniversary livery. Should have gone... Full yellow would have been spicy hot. That's from Donkey. So you you know what livery is now, well, right? Well, now I do, Like, it's yeah. basically the paint job on the car is yeah. what you're looking at. Yeah, so they're paying homage to the 75 years of Ferrari racing. And the driver's going to be an all-in-yellow themselves. But for some reason, the car has got, like, just the top of it is going to be yellow. Go go, go. Not even. Like, Not, like, just a little bit. If, like if they call it action. Yeah. They called it Action Yellow. Would you like it? No. Ferrari- okay. Sit down. <laughs> Ferrari needs to change everything because the red hasn't been working for the last two months. Switch to yellow, folks. You can't. But you can't. No, you, you can't. You can't have a yellow Ferrari. They look like Renault. Remember yeah. Renault a couple of years ago? Yeah. They, you know, the, the classic yellow? That's what they look like. Uh, Marcus and Gibsons, don't at me. Man U celebrating a win against Arsenal is like the Whitecaps cheering a Canadian championship. A blip and an otherwise abysmal season. What? Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. I can't add him, but it's your yeah, Super Bowl. We're, we're not adding him. Yeah. It's not ours. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey man, you send in the takes, we'll read them. But uh, come on, don't six at me. points off Liverpool and Arsenal. Good start. Let's see what I told a lot of my friends, Manchester United fans. Let's talk in a month. Let's just talk in a month. Sure. All right. Don't at me. Brock Besser is expendable. Well, Patrick Alvine did not mention his name in the core five yesterday, so mm-hmm. that's know, the thing with the it, core. It's like your core can't be nine people. You gotta make a tough decision you, at some point. You, you ideally you want your core to be your top two centers, two D men, 
maybe a goalie, depending how good your goalie is. Here in this city, I would say your goalie. That's really about it. Like, core for me is five, maybe six, but really five. In Vegas, there's not even one person. No, they just there's change a, them. Yeah, they there's just change them. Today, okay. you're in the core. Tomorrow, who knows? Brock Besser, more than a core player. He's a luxury right now, right? Can he turn himself into a core player? Like, you'd have to hit a different level. I think that's a pretty good text, though. We got this one. Rizzo from the Ridge. Don't at me. Dak Prescott is the NFL's Russell Westbrook. Fancy stats. No championship. Wow. Oh, hot. Is hey. Russell Westbrook even a fancy stat guy, though? I'm not even sure that not, exists. No, you you got to hit shots. Like Tri- he, he, he's talking about the triple-double. But that's, that's not a yeah. fancy stat. That's like a, a glamour stat. I understand what... Oh, okay. uh, but, but, but splitting hairs. No, but meaningless stats, stat is the point. But by fancy stats, I thought like underlying numbers. No, no, I think he meant... Oh, okay. I think he meant just like he puts up numbers. Okay, okay. Like Russell Westbrook used to be that. In LA, he can't even hit shots That's anymore. still savage for a guy that like dislocated his knee... Ankle or ankle or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. But okay, it, that's harsh. It is savage. It is harsh. But when you play for Jerry Jones, you get a lot of love. Wouldn't and, that be Josh Allen? I just feel like he's had a lot of hype. He hasn't had enough time. Oh, I think this year, this year, this year is important for him. This year is important. Five years, six years. I don't know. You play for the Cowboys. Seems harsh. But look, that's the whole point of this segment. Coming up with the hot takes. Uh, Marcus and Gibson's also video replay in sports goes against the spirit of a lot of rules. Let the eyes decide what's a goal, a run, or a basket. The AR. I feel like Marcus and Gibson's. I, I didn't know Marcus is a Arsenal fan. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli's goal should have stood. I agree with you, Marcus. Absolutely. I, I had no idea. Uh, Dan in Fort St. John. Verstappen going to win Monza by over 30 seconds. Don't at me. Okay, so he should have probably won last year. But remember, the Lewis Hamilton Verstappen incident happened at Monza last year. Knocked him out of the race. Ricardo won. Verstappen's car is so much better than everybody else. I'm going to say that's not that's not a ludicrous take. Like, 30 seconds is a lot. If anybody could do it, Verstappen could do it. He's he's kind of in Lewis Hamilton hammer time mode now. Like, that's how dominant he is. Uh, Rager, don't at me. Miller will be in the ring of honor, and Horvat will have his number retired when they retire here in Vancouver. I don't even think that's that hot of a take. Well, the Miller one, maybe. But if, if Horvat signs like an eight-year contract, 100% his number is getting retired. Entire career in a city, probably, at yeah. that point, And you've been the captain. That's usually a... You're halfway there. And like there. what? Even if you shade it on the conservative end, if he gets 22 goals a year for the next nine years... Yeah, he's going to break some records. He's going to be in a spot that's like, well, you're past Trevor Linden. You're, tra- you're past this. You're past that. You're going to be put into a spot where it's like there's no other decision but to... Retire 53. I'm starting to agree with your take that retiring number numbers is silly. Oh yeah, I I think I just think it's more glamorous to uphold the legacy of a number. Yeah. Yeah. I, you and know, like you know you're what takes get me some off weird though? ones. You know what takes me off though? For the Yankees and the the Canadians, at least you've won something. We got a bunch of like teams, and the Canucks are included in this. You haven't mm-hmm. won anything, but you're just raising numbers up there. Like yeah. you haven't won anything. So I'm with you to a degree. I'm all right with a ring of honor, but like you're gonna run out of numbers eventually. Yeah, and you haven't won anything. And you haven't won anything. <laughs> eventually, we're gonna get triple digits. Yeah, double zeros, Robert Parrish style. Think, think infinitely, like a hundred years down the road. Yeah, two hundred years down the road, three hundred years down the road. At some point, someone's gonna be wearing goal scorer number one hundred and fourteen. It's like, what is happening? Your great, great, great grandchildren will be furious that you allowed retired numbers. Can you imagine if it instead of numbers, you raise a, a banner 
It has the person's name and then a Ronaldo-style bust. Remember at the airport they had that? <laughs> like a tar- cartoon character. <laughs> Just on, like, hey, why take it so seriously? Just have some fun with it. Uh, last one, Soapy, don't at me. I hope Russell Wilson gets sacked so hard by Seattle on Sunday. His cleats get knocked off. Let's ride. Let's ride. Oh, you drafted him last night in the I league? did, yeah. yeah. Let's ride. I managed to fade drafting Russell Wilson in every fantasy league. I went Pat Mahomes all yeah. in on – I went I, way too early on Pat I, Mahomes. I feel like I'm the like disgruntled partner in a relationship that like, breaks up. I was like, I just can't – staying off social media, I'm just not checking anything. So if, if you're – like in this case – Russell Wilson is the ex that's walking down the street, and you turn off the street, basically saying, "Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I can't, yeah. I can't face the ex. I'm ducking into the first store I see, no matter what it is. Into alleys, yeah, whatever. Oh, I didn't want to walk into this uh, adult store, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'm here now. Whatever it is, I'm jumping into that store. All right, more on the other side. Uh, Vic Bizarre and Randy Janda. Uh, we'll get into some of the uh, Thomas Tuchel stuff as well. Plus, Liverpool fall to Napoli in Champions League, a massive result, 4-1. But you mentioned this to me, that there's this swell of people that may be turning on Jurgen Klopp. I saw some stuff on Twitter. From from, from Liverpool fans, which is yep. outrageous to me. We'll get into it on the other side. Back-to-school deals on the latest phones, plans, and much more are on now at Fido. Visit them in-store or Fido.ca. Now, coming up here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Let's go. This is how you wrap up a show. Breaking out the piano. Love it. This hour of the People Show brought to you by Douglas Lake Equipment. Sign up for inventory alerts and you'll be the first to know when new equipment is available in store at the closest Kubota dealer to the lower mainland. DouglasLakeEquipment.com. Wrapping up the show, Bick Nazar, Randy Pachanda, Dominic Shamati running the show. Doing it for Fido. Back to school deals on the latest phones, plans, and much more are now on at Fido. Visit them in-store or at fido.ca now. This is a uh, pro-potato chip show. I know you and Riccio had a lot of battles on potato chips and Dom. Yep. Uh, so you guys are always looking for new flavors, things that are happening on the potato chip world. Sure. Big, big potato, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> big potato. It's just a potato show more yeah. than anything. Not only chips, but potatoes all around. You brought this up, and I had to do like a hey, can you repeat that? I, I you had to do a JT Miller du- extension double, double take. take. Yeah, yeah. I, I do an audio double take. I was like, I really just hear what you said there. And even then, we still had to like go back and confirm this was real. Yes, not a not a prank, not a April Fool's prank. So, what is the flavor here? So today, announced that KFC and Ruffles will be releasing the original recipe chicken potato chips only in Canada. So the 11 herbs and spices that they use yeah. are going into chip form. Which always kills me. Like their Twitter account, KFC, did you know they only follow 11 accounts? Ooh. The, like the official KFC at KFC follows five random people named Herb and then... The all the Spice Girls, all, all, all the Spice Girls, yeah. Or sorry, the six six <laughs> random people named Herb, and then all the Spice Girls. Actually, yeah. Okay, wow. All right. Just, Didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know that. 
So what you have now is, it's kind of like the Sidney Crosby $8.7 million contract. Like mm-hmm. this very, sp- sticks to the number. Now, these sort of flavors, I love chips. Probably too much. But I don't know how I feel about this one. Because usually when you have a flavor like this, it doesn't taste good. You know, like even, I think Lay's came out with the like the, the pizza flavored chip. It tastes like ble- bleep. It tastes, it doesn't taste like anything. I think this one's going to taste bad. Like, love it or list it. Do you like this idea or not? There's always this constant battle of, like, money driving content. Yes. I feel like this is that. It's like Ruffles is like, we'll take some KFC money and you can make your own flavor. This is money, I think, driving flavor. And I'm I'm skeptical. So you don't think it's going to taste good either? I don't think so. What does it matter, though? We never have progress unless we experiment. No, it started with the original it's true. chip. It started with, and then That's someone real, was like, yeah. "Someone was like, you know, I'm gonna put some vinegar on this." Chip. Sure, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna put some dill on this chip. Oh, all right. Are, are we gonna do this like the ketchup popsicles? Like, do we need a live? live I think we have to. Test? I, I just gotta verify if there's actually any chicken in this uh, recipe. I don't think there is. I think it's just the herbs I think... and spices. I need to, as a vegetarian, I need to confirm this first. Randy, the, the KFC recipe is there's is, chunks of chicken is, in is it. Secret. But I think for the potato chip, I think you're fine. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll go out on a limb. And there's no, fine. there's no like, you know, small pieces of chicken in this thing. All right. I think we're good on that front. I, I'd love to. Like, have you never had like bacon chips or something like I that? I guess I have. I'm yeah. just, you know, it's, bacon I'm a paranoid vegetarian, chips. all right? That's I just got to make sure there's no actual, actual stuff in there. In Malaysia, Lay's and KFC did a collab and it's KFC hot and spicy chicken. Lay's though, not Ruffles. Oh, why are they cheating on Lay's for this one? I don't know. Okay. Now I'm skeptical. But like, there are other other brands. Like Lay's did the whole, the Indian Magic Masala one. Yeah. Which is like, right. if you're having a, like a whiskey, they go down pretty easy. But if you're just having no alcohol. Just a bag. Like, for the non-Indian taste, it hits you like a, a truck. Coquillum Justin asking, is it just me or will KFC chips be the greasiest chips ever made? Like, do you have to fit the brand of the chip? Because, you know, yeah. classic hangover move. Yeah. Have that greasy Do I have to eat food. them with uh, neon green coleslaw and gravy? <laughs> a McCain cake? And you get a biscuit on the side? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason as a kid. Okay, I before, I, I became a vegetarian like 20 years ago. But, like, I ate a lot of KFC. You know, the McCain cakes. We weren't even a fan of the chicken. We just get the McCain cakes from KFC because it was like the meal. Oh, a bucket of chicken? Sure, why not? Sure. You were telling me though that you had the veggie recently, yeah. Burger from they KFC. Yeah, like a, a who a goes fake to chicken. KFC for the veggie uh, vegetarians? Burger. That's the whole market cap they're trying to take advantage of. People do that. It's not a bad vegetarian uh, veggie burger. There's a salad bar you could be hitting up. <laughs> you had to no, but like KFC's all the places the to go, it's a veggie burger. Like I, I understand, like Burger King has a veggie burger, but I understand like it's a veggie burger. Like it's literally in their name. It's like yes, chicken. But and you're going out of your way for a veggie burger at fake. KFC? Well, it was on my way home, to be fair. There's no other place. Is the KFC the only I thing I've never on your way tried home? it? And I was like, you know what? I've heard good things. So I'm going to go to KFC to try this fake chicken burger. Think about it. If you're not looking for chicken, but you're looking for fake chicken, KFC's up there. There's not many fake chicken places you'd go. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. It's got a point, even for vegetarians. I guess it's better that you went 
out of your way for it because you just wanted to experiment and try it. Hey, yeah. try new things. It'd be weird if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in a moment of desperation. No, no. I, I was skeptical. I'm not going to lie. When KFC came out with it, I was like, ah, do I do this? I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. I tried it. Not bad. Whatever you do, don't read the inbox right now. This is a whole other conversation, but Randeep, as a vegetarian, I imagine that you have to experiment a lot with like veggie alternatives. Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I'm guessing a lot of them miss. Some of them taste like crap, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, it's like, it's like places that are non-vegetarian as well. They're like, yeah. some food just doesn't taste good. Yeah. It's the same same thing. Uh, we got we got FYI. I like when people are looking out for me. <laughs> this is what I said. I was like, I don't know if you want to read the inbox. The right KFC now. veggie burgers cooked in the same oil as the regular chicken burgers. Well, now I know. There you go. Now I know. Thank you, uh, hero with no name. That matters. I still don't want I mean, chicken grease on my yeah, burger. Come on, yeah, right? Fair. Cleanliness of mind. Peace of mind. You probably want that. Exactly. So, okay, the chips, though. Going back to the chips. Yeah. Yes, we do it. I don't know when they're coming out. They're well, coming we'll, out in we'll Canada. Try it. Yeah, we'll try it. We're pro-experimentation on this show. 650, 650. Keep coming with the thoughts. Uh, all right. Champions League. Massive result for Napoli. 4-1. I'm having a laugh at Liverpool. But there's two things I want to ask. Napoli is celebrating with some KFC right now. Are, are Liverpool having a season from hell? It feels like every Premier League team, like of the marquee, every team has one, one season. Man United was probably last year. Yeah, Arsenal's had a decade. Arsenal's had a decade. Chelsea's have had the odd one. Tottenham have had the odd one. It's been Man City and Liverpool for the past six, seven years. Maybe five, six years. It's been them. Arsenal started out beautifully. Man United really looked like it was going to be the season from hell. They've stabilized. Got a couple of results here. Four on the row. And beat Liverpool, beat Arsenal. Liverpool have kind of stumbled. A couple of draws here. And then they have that 9-0 result. And you think, okay, it's fine. Then today, smashed versus Napoli. And it probably could have been worse than the scoreline indicates because there was a penalty miss. Yeah. 4-1 final based on a lot of the people that were watching and just kind of following along should have been probably 4-0 at halftime. Like that's how bad they were. That's rough. And we've talked about this before. The demands in English football and European soccer are so high that Scott Parker was let go at Bournemouth four matches in. Which one of which he won. Yes. And the, the losses were to Arsenal, Man City and Liverpool. Yes. I don't think Bournemouth is getting results in those matches, but nevertheless, life moves fast in the EPL. And it feels like there's this swell of Klopp out. Popular thing to do in soccer, obviously. Last name, out. Klopp out. I think this is crazy. Even as someone that's like actively rooting for Liverpool's demise, I can't imagine Wanting to live like the Brendan Rogers life all over again. You go through managers to get a guy like this. This is institutional success. And I understand hey, he's had after seven years at other clubs. That's the other club's fault, man. They let go of someone that is a premier manager in the league. Who is who is thought it was a good idea? Losing one of the best managers in the world, and and live to tell about it. It's tough. It it 
you know, having and you're a fan experience of Manchester United with Fergie. Like, yeah. It was easy to say, hey, he's past it. But the next manager is a huge drop off, even for Arsenal. Well, he fans. retired. But the fact is, when you're trying to replace somebody, it's not easy. Even for Arsenal fans, like Arsene Wenger, mm-hmm. was he past it? Sure. But he took clubs that had no business being in the Champions League teams from Arsenal that he took them there. He was he was much better than the next couple of guys that came up. Now, with Klopp, he's a culture setter as well. He changed the culture. Remember, this was always a, an organization for the last almost 30 years that was always, you know, the bridesmaid, never the bride. And look, there, there are some guys in the, in the recent history, Jared Houllier, Rafa Benitez. Like, I understand they had some success, Champions League, and they were always around. But then they also had Roy Hodgson. They also had Kenny Dagalish 2.0. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers, obviously. This is like the era of in, in the Premier League, this is it. Like, this is your story. I would replace everyone on the squad before I even entertain this idea. And it's it's a real thing, and I get it. Like, he, the, the, the playing style is very demanding. He himself is very demanding. Yeah. That's why, as a club, you have high standards and you achieve all these things. And it can wear on people. Change the squad. Get, get different people in to hear the message of, hey, you know what? Against Bournemouth, you're going to have to gag and press. Yeah. I don't care. This is what we do. And it's going to tire you out. And after six years, okay, you maybe get tired. But get fresh people in. Get fresh legs in. And hang on to this guy. It's crazy to entertain the idea of letting one of the top three managers in the world. Four months ago, they were two matches away from the quadruple, winning four trophies in a year. Essentially lost out on that by two goals. And now, fast forward, and there's certain elements, I would say, certain fans, certain you know, high-profile people saying, hey, is this time to con- you know, consider Klopp maybe, maybe changing the voice? One thing I will say, though, and you hit it, this is a coach that, this is a manager that focuses on and thrives on intensity of being a part of his team's identity. And today, based on the highlights and based on a lot of the chatter coming out of this match, lack of desire, lack of aggression. For your Jurgen Klopp team, that is like bare minimum. Mm-hmm. You have to bring that intensity. And if that starts to go, which it has to a certain extent in the Premier League, and now they get shellacked by Napoli, who's a good team. Yeah. This isn't Chelsea losing to Dinamo Zagreb. This is this is them losing to a, a strong Italian team. But if you don't have desire and aggressiveness as a part of your MO in every single game under Jurgen Klopp, that's telling you something. That's telling you is that message maybe starting to fall flat in certain matches. And, and look, it's the easy thing to do, but choose the hard path. Because the easy path is going to result in a constant turnstile. And and maybe it's Thomas Tuchel who comes in, but you're still implementing the same idea of a constant pressing. It's going to be taxing on those legs. But it makes way more sense to just embrace a season from hell and replenish the squad than it is to make the decision on this manager. It's not so dissimilar. Like, one of the reasons when the, the Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson thing was kind of hitting its height, where I was like, you choose the coach. Because players are going to come and go. You choose the badge. You choose the organization. You choose a philosophy over individual players. Careers are short, man. Philosophies for an institution like Liverpool, yeah. choose that. Again, I know you have a Mo Salah jersey. But you you live that world. It's like sell that because the next guy's gonna come. Luis Diaz is already in the club. Yeah. 
You can find Darwin Nunes is already there. You can find new players to play that standard. I think Liverpool will still probably go that way. Chelsea clearly did not. Chelsea did not. Seems like there was more than just the results. Yes. But nevertheless, like if 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 I'm a Liverpool fan, just breathe. I know it's tough, and you took 20 years to reach the summit, and you're here. You're not going to reach it if you change the manager. And this is coming from two people whose organization. Wenger. Arsenal, Manchester United are examples of when you move off that manager, it ain't easy to come back to the top. It isn't. And Sir Alex was notorious for like, okay, this guy's out. New new idea, new yep. squad. Let's change the formation. You can evolve with players. But when you set the standard and you decide to change the standard, careful for what you wish for. And again, I, I root for the demise of Liverpool all the time. Foolish to entertain this idea. Because even even as a detractor, I can sit here and recognize, like, there's not many managers that would take over Jurgen Klopp in no. general. No, and it seems like it's the minority at this point, but the fact is when you get shellac like that, but we as- saw those pop up a little bit. And that's, it, it always starts. I, you know, passionate fan bases are good, but you have to be really careful. Like, the, what can you replace with an institution? What can't you? The season is going to evolve, right? And they're in a tough Champions League group, if I'm not mistaken, as well, right? I haven't looked at the championship group. But yeah, I feel it's one like, of the tougher ones. Yeah. Yep. But they're going to play Brighton pretty soon here. They're going to play Chelsea. Tough matchups. They're going to play Arsenal soon here. Yeah, so Liverpool's in a group with Napoli, Ajax. Right, Ajax was the one. I was and Rangers about. is yeah. the one that, you know, we'll see what happens now, there. Now, Ajax has a lot of change over themselves. But historically... Ajax beat the snot yeah. out of Rangers today 4-0. So historically a good club. Yeah. It, it, it is scary times for Liverpool over the next six weeks. Actually, I'm just brought up the, the fixture list here. Uh, they play Wolves, then Ajax, Chelsea, Brighton, Rangers, Arsenal, Rangers, Man City. You you have to stomach this stretch. Get yep. through the end of October, and everything will be okay. It, it'll be chaotic, but get to get to January, sell some, sell some bodies, bring some new people in. It is way more valuable to find new legs than to find a new manager. Liverpool's hang tight. Chelsea, continue the panic. Just yeah. keep panicking. As an Arsenal fan, <laughs> there's very few teams that I love you want hating the on more. Clubs. Yeah, you want the London Cubs. The London apart. Clubs, please yeah. fail. Continue to fail. Other than Arsenal. Vic Nazar, Randy Janda. We'll be back tomorrow with Dominic Schumati. Here is the With the People show. Great effort, as always, by everyone in the people. Texting in 650-650 uh, for some of the people that made the Fantasy Football League. We'll see you tonight. Draft night. Myself and Randy Janda with his team name. The Vincibles. Can we turn off Vic's mic, please? You smarting We're done. over there? You smarting? All right. Let's get out of here. Uh, Jay's on the way here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.